Welcome to season three of the fucking Rad Snowboard Podcast. Okay, perfect. One second, please. Hi, this is Sean. I'm not here right now. You have reached Mike. Hi, this is Jim. Leave me a message and I will call you back as soon as I can. Hi, you've reached Jeremy Jones. Yeah, I'm going to call you back in 10. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> okay, good morning, guys. In Vancouver, it's pouring rain this morning. And that means it's dumping on the mountains. So I can't sleep. It's Sunday morning. One week after I did this interview with Travis Rice. The thing about Travis Rice is that he's a celebrity. He's a snowboarder. He's a location scout. He's a director. He's a producer. And all of this while he's like at the top of the snowboarding talent pool. It's insane. So I went to his latest movie, Depth Perception. I knew he'd be there. We have a mutual friend, Dustin Varga, and I have to mention Dustin in the intro to the Travis episode because if it wasn't for Dustin, I wouldn't have gotten a chance to talk to Travis for sure. Dustin Bargan and I were on the Ice Age team in the mid-90s together. Uh, He's a great guy from Jackson Hole, and he's actually Travis's next-door neighbor. Travis was, like, willing to sit down with me for a moment. He was exhausted. He had just finished 15 movie premieres in a row. Like, everyone in the theater was coming up to him, saying, great movie, wanted to get a picture with him. So I was honored that he would take the time out to chat about the movie. Anyways, here's Travis Rice. Yeah, it's good to finish, uh, you know, the, the film film came full circle. Like, it was intentional that we ended it in Vancouver. We wanted to end it in BC. Did you write the film, pitch it, and say this is the spot? Or were you there and the film came to you? No, no, I mean, this this was like a multi-year idea. You know, we uh, we didn't come to Canada for the fourth phase. It wasn't so much in, intentional, it was just, it wasn't a part of that story. For some reason, I mean, quite frankly, it's too easy to film in BC compared to all the spots that we were going to film, man. Straight up. You know, with the with the Art of Flight, we were so fired up, you know, filming with Nico and, like, the three-song ender for, you know, for BC. I, I get really inspired by riding new type of terrain. Um, you know, it gets a little old going to the same place, riding the same stuff, so... Well, this movie takes place in one location. How amazing is that? That you could do a feature-length film... How many days was that? Was that I mean, 15? Was it? No, no, I think this, this film was about five and a half weeks of shooting. Yeah. You know, not every day, but virtually every day. You know, I got to see the tenure up at CMH Galena about, I think it was like two or three years ago. Uh, went in the spring, real late, got real lucky on a bad year, and just fell in love with the train and the area. And. Knew it wasn't going to be easy to come back and do it the way that we wanted to do it. Um, you know, because I've, I've come along, you know, far enough where, you know, after doing this for multiple years, I have a pretty good idea what we need to set ourselves up for success. And, you know, with freedom to move in the hills, support, maneuverability. You know, CMH hasn't really historically let a lot of film crews come into their tenure. It's about free riding. They've got clientele one of the oldest operations in the business and so after I saw it I kind of thought about it for years on how you know how is it going to set this up reached out ended up having a couple really great conversations with this uh, woman named Julia who um, 
handles uh, a big part of you know CMH's outward facing campaigns and after several years of collaborating and talking you know it finally came into alignment for us to get permission to access the zone and it was great we you know we were brought into CMH world of information that they're able to gather from so many operations you know big thing for us is safety and going and operating in a place like this the more information you have the better armed you are for success being able to step out quicker onto these bigger lines on the type of stuff that we're really horny to ride right and so that that was it you know how does, how does buff get in there i'm okay. lucky enough to know you know yeah. a handful of people that i would go anywhere with i really trust you know they just they stick out over the years you work with certain people and their attitude and approach in the mountains is memorable yeah. and buff was one of buff is absolutely one of those guys and funny enough i've been trying to get buff on a project of mine he you know he came on and ran risk assessment and safety protocol for supernatural and ultra natural up at Baldface, and that was a time that we really got to spend you know quite a bunch of intensive days together figuring that out and i really like his approach you know and he's got such a rich history i mean you know he was craig kelly's guide for multiple years and you know helped jeff pensiero and craig you know settle in on where like the location of bald faces and he's just been around man he's worked stunts for years so he knows the film business you know he oversees risk assessment of bc highways uh yeah. winter avalanche protocol and so the guy is a dynamic human to say the least uh he also is a trolley conductor in the summer up on nelson <laughs> local trolley there so all that being said i asked buff i think on Almost every project I've ever done since I worked with him, right. he, he did a little bit with us, and that's it. That's all. And he was always unable to do it. He's you know doing his thing, busy doing whatever else it is. You know he's definitely pretty booked. And for some reason, I called him again for this project, and he liked the idea of it, and he had the time to do it, and he said yes. And that was a huge moment for us because it also helped. It helped legitimize our program within the world of you know CMH guide safety plan. Because they knew Buff. They knew who he was, and having someone like him on board, you know, running point with CMH Green's safety network, it was a big part of it, man. He could just plug himself in there because he's worked up there. Yeah, he's, he actually was a CMH guide for a few years, like many years ago. Yeah, I think he actually, we were going through it, and we think that he actually, and I would love to put this out there to anybody that could answer, but we think that John Buffy was the first one to ever split board. He custom made these pair of split boards so long ago, and I don't know of anything that predates it, honestly. Bindings and the split board itself split in half. That's rad. So the simple answer <laughs> to why we selected this location is, it's simple. There's incredible topography. It gets an amazing snowpack. Interior BC, it's got a blend of alpine plus, you know, really dynamic tree line. Uh, the erosion there is stark and it's just raw. It's, it, those mountains are raw and so you have crazy pillows, geological oddities, and that's a big thing for us. We want the weird shit because the weirder the better when it comes to what we really have to do is creative expression. And the weirder stuff you got to ride, the more fun it is to break it down. Did you have the vision for the film the way that it is? I think sometimes through the process and prior going into it, you, you approach it with some pretty grand visions. But you know, yeah, this this superseded what we aspired to do. There was a, there was quite the vision for it prior to doing it, and then we actually stripped the project way back down 
to make it realistic into this 20-minute kind of right. short artistic right. thing. And right. there's a lot of synchronicity in the group, in the location. Everyone's heart was in it. Everyone felt really good. We had a great team. like so little ego. A great group dynamic. So you're able to get a lot of footage in. Well, that and just, you know, it's one thing to go shoot action. That's hard enough. And then to to chase all these other little scenes, have the foresight to, you know, make them work, give them a style. You know, that was something that once we were up there, we realized, like, hey, we got to stick with this thing. Let's give it our all. And it was fun, even though it worked our asses to the... We were really, really hard on this, to say it, least. You know what? It shows in the, in the final product. There were some genius shots in there. I know you had to be moving that camera somehow. I think maybe someone was follow camming like this, and it was on a gyroscope, and you had a screen where you could make that shot perfect. <laughs> I can't believe it. Wait, it's fun for me to sit here and hear you hypothesize about how, how Yeah, the because that, it's a done. mystery. It's like I just went and saw a magic show. <laughs> you did a fucking wow. amazing job. Thank you, man. I mean, I really appreciate, you know, hearing that from someone who obviously is appreciator of all I things care. snowboarding. And, you know, I definitely don't want to understate how much of it was, of course, a group effort. You know, little things like Brian bringing his character and who he is, how he approaches snowboarding. You know, his whole big pink thing. Like, that was essentially all his idea. Just like, yeah, this, this is my thing. You know, Sweden, Robin, like the little tiny house, that, that's where they were living. Like, straight up. Like, that's where they were living. And it was just it was just too perfect. And I mean, co-director Chris Murphy, uh, who's, with, you know, Chip Taylor, who's out here. Do I start listing off? You know, right, it's like right. this guy, you know, Zach... Emilio just uh, was able to bring all of the animation to life. Like that little animation would have taken a lot of time, a lot of effort. Yeah. I had the initial desire to really go a step further into these incredible areas that we get to go. And I love that we've been able to highlight them over the years making the films we do. But it's always just doesn't feel like enough, truly. I mean, and so going to the single location and actually being able to do a whole film on a single location and dive deep into this particular place and the magic of those forests that are there and the research behind it about you know, interconnectivity, symbiosis, uh, you know, the flora and fauna, geology, the climatology, the hydrology of the area. It, it all is just this succinct, beautiful you know, figure eight pattern that's, that exists and we enter into it and become a part of it. And you know, this is our stab at portraying that. But we just hit pause right there. Okay, I'm going to interrupt here and tell you about our sponsors, Wired Snowboards and the Boardroom Snowboard Shop. Both of these companies are out of Vancouver. I like to do things locally. The Boardroom Snowboard Shop is the best snowboard shop. It's got a great selection of products, guaranteed lowest price, guaranteed performance on anything you buy. Right now, Boardroom's offering 10% off full-priced items and 5 off sale items if you use offer code FNRAD at checkout at boardroomshop.com. They ship to Canada and the United States. Also, check out Wired Snowboards, Rob Dow's new company. It's a Vancouver-based company. All their boards are built in Vancouver. Rob's got state-of-the-art facilities down there. He's the inventor of some technologies that make boards ride amazing. I've got my board on order right now, and I cannot wait to get it. I got a dedicated POW board for the Quiver. And Rob has offered our listeners 10% off this year's boards. Use the offer code FNRAD at checkout at wiredsnowboards.com. Rob's a good guy. Support a good company. If I can convince just 10 of you guys to buy boards from Wired, 
I get a free board next year. So if you're looking for a way to support the podcast, go to wiredsnowboards.com, buy a snowboard, use the offer code FNRAD at checkout, and save 10% on an amazing hand-built snowboard. All right, back to the show. Filmmaking, it's, you know, I'm such a fan of all of it. Right. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing that happens when people express themselves and put it on film. Much love, brother. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> um, look, I'm a, I'm a fan at the root of it. I'm a fan. I, I love part films. You know, I've been a part of them. I, Who's your favorite part? Like, just off the top of your head, who makes Travis's top ten? Top ten, man? Sure. How long do we got? No, but I mean, just one in the top ten. That's to give you I'm just going to throw out, you know, Kingpin Chronicles. Yeah. 1999. You know, those films were probably the ones that were the most worn out in my VHS player. When did you sure. get to Jackson? How did you get to Jackson? Jackson, I was born in Jackson. It wasn't up to me that I made it to Jackson. Actually, technically it was up to me, but I was born in Jackson and uh, had a great upbringing, didn't know where I was really. And I mean, that's why I'm still there. It's a good community. Well, yeah, a lot of people these days. But You've always had a home base in Jackson or did you end up somewhere else for a bit? I'm an earther man. Jackson's been a great thing. But uh, I love being able to, I guess, cruise around the planet. So many incredible people with such amazing ideas, and it's a changing world. I'm happy to be a part of it, and uh, just getting started, like we all are. Too. Age and lack of energy is a choice. I just know these the doors are going to open. I right see now, it. So. I see it in your face, yeah. Travis. Thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. It's going to be a good winter. Effenrad shoutouts this week to Travis Rice and Dustin Varga, his next door neighbor. Thank you so much, you guys. You guys rock. I hope to see you in Jackson soon. Big shout out to Myro at Spy and Mike Strato at Vans. I got my new boots this week and some new waterproof, weatherproof Vans shoes that I'm going to be using for mail manning. I've already used them. They're amazing. Support Vans. Buy them at your local skate shop. Buy them at your local snowboard shop. Buy Vans. They're rad. Special thanks to Gwyn Howitt from Mount Baker. It's still pouring rain outside. It's going to be pal. I've run out of time before I need to leave to get up there to get first chair. So I'm going. And I'll see you next week, guys. Episodes of the Rad Snowboarding Podcast come out every Wednesday during the snow season. So be sure to come back next week for another episode of the Rad Snowboarding Podcast brought to you by BR Productions.